Welcome to Destiny Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Eric Smith. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit destinydayton.com. Today I want to dive into uh, the book of Hebrews. As you know, we've been doing a series uh, off and on, uh, more on than off until recently, but uh, a series to the book of Hebrews. And I, I want to come back to it and I want to finish the book of Hebrews uh, as soon as we can because there's so much great stuff in here. And I, I've noticed here the book of Hebrews has some interesting things that we've talked about before, but it, the, the, the central theme of Hebrews is asking believers and calling on believers to not give up in serving the Lord, to stay steadfast, to persevere, because obviously there was a push at this time when this was written for people to turn back to religion, for people to turn back to the way they used to be, and the writer of Hebrews is really strong in theme after theme and verse after verse. It says, make sure you don't return to the, what you used to be. Make sure you don't return, and, and he makes a case that Jesus is better than any other system. Jesus is better than any other way, and you kind of get down in the weeds in a couple of chapters, especially 9 and 10, when, when he was referring to Jewish custom and, and, and Jewish law and, and the ceremonial law, and, and he does that because he's making a point to the Jewish believers because Judaism really is Christ, or Christianity is really Judaism fulfilled. When you look like the, the Gospel of John, you, you read that and you, what you essentially get is John is saying that uh, Christianity is the perfected version of Judaism, is what it is. And so we understand that, you know, when, when the writer wrote this, this, this amazing piece in Hebrews, he was talking to a, at least part of the people who are, were former Jews, and, and they were being pressured by their neighbors, just like people in America are today. They were being pressured by culture and society to turn away from Jesus for whatever reason. They had different reasons then as far as going back to Judaism. Today, we have the more secular pressure to not even believe in God or think it's stupid or that, you know. And we, have a, we face a similar pressure. That's what's so powerful about the Scripture. It, it's comparable, obviously, not from then to now. I mean, we have the same uh, similar pressures. And so he's making the point that Jesus the Jesus way is better, is better. And in 9 and 10, Hebrews 9 and 10, he talks a little bit about, and he says the word a few times, a clean conscience. A clean conscience. I want to tell you, there is nothing in the world like a clean conscience. I know many people today spend a lot of money trying to capture a clean conscience. They, they want that, that feeling that, that they're free and that they're clean and they're innocent. And, and, and I want to tell you, there are people, they, they invest money in drugs and they invest money in alcohol and they invest money in counseling and they try to do all of these things. They have self-help books, right? The self-help book market is just, ex, ex, I know you're standing, but that's okay. We'll, you'll be able to sit for a while in a minute. Believe me. 
The self-help book market has exploded. People trying to find a way, and many times it's dealing with how can I get rid of the, the pain that I have for the past? How can I get rid of the memories? How can I get rid of the things that I've done? And I want to tell you, the answer is clear and simple. In the Bible, we read, Jesus Christ cleans consciences. He cleans consciences. I note today much of our response to problems is an attempt to make to take the consequences away from people's bad behavior. Have you noticed that today? It's okay if you do this before marriage if you use a condom, but we also know there's no condom for your conscience. I'm just I'm going there right there right away. I'm, uh, I may not go there the rest of the time, but I'm just going to say that. See, I'm an old youth pastor, and we talked about this with youth all the time. Talked about the teens constantly. There's lots of things that try to erase the consequences, but I want to tell you only Jesus can take away sin. Only Jesus can cleanse your conscience. In fact, I love what the Apostle Paul said in, in, in Acts 24. He's on trial, and he said this to, to, the, to the king that he was, he was defending himself to, and he said, you know what? Because of all this that Jesus has done, you can read it, Acts 24, 16, I believe it is. He said, I, I do my dead level best. He didn't use those exact words, but it's, it's similar. I do my absolute best to keep my conscience clean. Because of what Jesus has done, because of all this other thing, I do my best to keep my conscience clean. So I want us to look, we're going to look at Hebrews 9, and let's look at verse 14, and then we're going to have you turn a page or flip a screen or whatever you're on today. We want to welcome you, those who are watching live stream today. Good morning to you. We're so glad that you are watching with us. I do want to encourage you, if you're watching uh, our live stream, if you would go ahead and click the subscribe button down in the corner, and also if you wouldn't mind, click the bell. Also, those of you watching by YouTube, you understand what that means. Uh, you will be able to get notified when there's new content from Destiny, and uh, we want to thank you. And also click the link and, and help, help this ministry, right? Give. Uh, if you watch this live stream frequently, this is a great time to click the link. You'll find them down there in the description, and uh, give an offering, right? If the Lord leads you to do that, that'd be amazing. Here we are, Hebrews 9. 14. You joined a whole bunch of awesome people in here this morning who've already had a chance to do that. Hebrews 9, 14. How many are there? Say yeah. yeah. All right, here we go. How much more will the blood of Jesus through the eternal spirit, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our consciences from dead works to worship the living God? How much more? Okay, let's look at Hebrews 10. Turn a page. Let's start with verse 11, all right? Just try to give you a little bit of context here before we, we dive in here. Verse 11. How about verse 10? By his will, we have been made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands day after day serving an offering the same sacrifices again and again, sacrifices that can never take sins away. He's talking about the former system. But when this priest had offered one sacrifice for sins, talking about Jesus, for all time, he sat down at the right hand of God, where he is now waiting until his enemies are made a footstool 
for his feet, quotation from the book of Psalms, those of you who like to connect the Old Testament to the New Testament, or for some reason think the Old Testament doesn't apply today, understand it is quoted heavily uh, in the New Testament, especially in the book of Hebrews. Verse 14, for by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are made holy. And the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. I love this verse here. The Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. So after saying, this is the covenant that I will establish with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws on their heart and I will inscribe them on their minds. This is a quotation from Jeremiah 31. Then he says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no longer. Everyone say clear conscience. Now where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Amen. Verse 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, I love therefore, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, why do we have confidence? Hello. Because we have a clean conscience. <laughs> right? We have a clean conscience. Therefore, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the fresh and living way that he inaugurated for us through the curtain, that is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and assurance that faith brings. Because we have had our hearts oops, sprinkled again. We've been sprinkled clean from a evil conscience. Let's stop right there. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would speak to our hearts today. Take us deep in you, Lord. Take us deep, God. Lord, we just surrender fully and completely to you this morning. Come on, make that surrender to the Lord. Lord, we just want to surrender fully and completely to you. In Jesus' amazing name, we pray we love you. We love you. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning about a clean conscience. It's been said that if you have to sneak around to do it, if you have to lie to cover it up, or if you have to delete it to keep it from being seen, you probably shouldn't be doing it. This is the, the matter of our conscience. That's why I asked you a few moments ago, do you realize how powerful it is to have a clean conscience? Because it's extremely powerful. It's extremely valuable in our world today. It never goes out of fashion. It never goes out of date. The fact that we can be clean before the Lord. The fact that we can have a checkered past. How many have a checkered past, right? How many have done things in the past like, oh, boy. You know, and it, you've, it gives you a, a churn in your stomach when you think about it. But understand that Jesus Christ, if you have come to him and you have surrendered all to him, he has taken all of that away. Right? He just doesn't paint over it. Like he, he takes it away. Right? He doesn't give you a pill and you feel better. He takes it away. So this morning I was just trying to get, I got up early and I was just thinking of just, uh, just what that means, how Jesus takes it away. And honestly, and this, is, uh, this wasn't a funny story at the time, but I remember, the, the, and I probably shared this like four or five times. So if I, if I have, just you know, nod and smile like, oh, what a great story. But you know, I remember when I went deep sea fishing, Right? It was amazing for about 10 minutes. And then all of a sudden, the yaw pitch and the roll of the boat got to me. And we were talking a little bit about, you know, I was talking with a couple guys about, you know, a flight in Peru that we had from Lima to Iquitos and how it was continual turbulence the whole time. 
wasn't severe turbulence, right? The, the stewardess wasn't on the ceiling, and the cart didn't go flying, and all the drinks went everywhere, and I've seen that before, not, well, except for the stewardess on the ceiling. But I have, I've seen it so bad the cart tips over and the drinks go flying, right? I mean, it's, I, I've seen, but, but this is just, this is just, <laughs> I don't even know how to, how many have been seasick before? It, it's really hard to describe it because it's like you feel so amazing, right? When you get on board, it's like a beautiful day, and then all of a sudden, that motion, all of a sudden, is just getting to you. It's just getting to it. And they say, you know, stare at the horizon. Well, the problem is we were out so far, there really wasn't much of a horizon. All I could see is these 10-foot swells because a little squall, right? Everything was fine. This little squall blew over, and it was like the water. It was sunny and blue and beautiful, but it And all of a sudden, I felt like I had the stomach flu like I have never had before, right? Bad, real bad. And, you know, and, and I don't want to be gross up here. I don't, I don't need to go there. But, you know, after you, you know, you throw up overboard 10, 20, 50 times, there's obviously nothing left in your stomach. But it don't matter. It don't matter. It's still, you're still going to feel this urge. And it's just, it's the worst feeling. One of the, I always hate to say that because I, I, I think of the comedian who's really the worst right now. So uh, it's a really bad feeling, right? But the moment, I want to tell you, and I, I endured this, and this was, and understand, I mean, this is hours, right? This is hours, and I'm just, like, trying to keep it together. And, like, finally, you know, hours later, we, we dock, and I'm just feeling so bad. The moment that I put my foot on dry ground, <gasps> it went away. I mean, it went away. I mean, it was gone. It was the most amazing <laughs> turnaround. I was like, for as horrible as I felt for the last four hours, five hours, I felt so amazingly better. And it just came to mind. This is what Jesus does when he comes on the scene. He takes sin away. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't cover it up. He doesn't paint over it. He doesn't give you a pill. He doesn't try to make you feel better with your symptoms. Well, there's nothing we can do. We can just treat the symptoms. Jesus doesn't treat the symptoms. He takes what's causing the symptoms away from us. Amen. And I want you to see this here from Hebrews that Jesus Christ has brought us the possibility that we can live in this world with a clean conscience. Jesus cleanses consciences. That's why it says we just read, let us draw near with a sincere heart, with the assurance of faith, because we have had our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. In, in the chapter before, we read that Jesus will cleanse our conscience. We see that several times stated here between these two chapters. And so it's just so amazing that we know that Jesus can clean your conscience because he takes away sin. And I'll add this too, he can heal your hurts as well. Because you see, last I checked, those regrets can be pretty painful also. Those regrets can cause some, I don't know how you are, but you, you could go down a dark hole sometimes. You think about the way things have gone or some regrets, some things, and it's like, oh. But I want to tell you that that's what Jesus specializes in. When we surrender to him, when we come to him, when we encounter Jesus Christ, he will wash and cleanse our conscience. Now, understand, this is a different function than anything else on this planet. 
Stay with me here. You see, the world's method would try to help you maybe forget your sins. You know, one of the true, and it's real, one of the sadly true medical practices that still go on today is shocking people's brains so they will lose their memories so they won't be depressed anymore. Maybe you didn't know they did that anymore, but they do. There are people that are so severely depressed and shut down about things they've done in their life and think whatever, the, whatever the cause, right? And, 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 you know, I know there's all different kinds of causes and reasons, but one of the final treatments they do, people though, all we can do now is put electrodes up on your brain and shock. And what happens is you lose your memories. And the hope is that because you've lost your memory that you'll no longer be so depressed. It's tragic. The world has other methods. They, they try to help you hide or maybe say, we, you could say it this way, help you cope with, 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 with what's going on in your conscience and, and cope with your sin or cope with your pain that you may carry. And tragically, with this mode, many people get addicted to the pill bottle. They get addicted to relationships. It has to be one after the other, and their value is found in who they're currently dating or who they're currently with, and they can't find satisfaction in just who they are alone. But they have to have that coping that, that's it's aided by a relationship or a, or a bottle or a drug. By the way, alcohol is a drug. People try to separate them, but alcohol is a drug. All in hopes of hiding or coping, if you will, what you still know is there deep down inside. Sadly, one of our best female track athletes this past couple weeks disqualified her own self recently because she used an illegal substance to help her in, in her own words. This is in her own words. Cope with the loss of her biological mother. Oh, if she only knew Jesus. Oh, if she only knew the Prince of Peace. The world may even try to persuade you to blame someone else for it. This is popular too today. It's not your fault, it's society's fault. It's not your society's fault, it's your ancestors' fault. It's dad and mom's fault. Someone else's fault. Yet the reality is it remains. You see, religion even tries to aid sometimes. Religion might make you think that you really don't have sin at all. This is religion. Religion will try to cheer you up with a song or two, right? It's the ultimate Saul spirit. It's like, you know, I've got all this terrible thing that I'm doing in my life and the terrible thing, so I will bring King David. In. Well, he's not a king at the time, but I'll bring in the shepherd boy named David. He's got the connection with God. I'll have him play the harp, and I'll have him lead worship, and I'll sit here in the pew while he leads worship, and I'll feel better about my sin. I won't leave changed, but I'll feel better for a little bit. Religion. We'll tell you how great you are, tell you what you want to hear, because it's all about living your best life now. And yet, your sin remains. You see, my friends, this is yet another reason why Jesus Christ is so amazing and why religion won't save us. Jesus doesn't try to help you forget. He won't try to mask it he, or, or, or train you in the excuses. He won't lie to you and say you don't have any sin or pain or hurts. He comes in and he takes it away. Jesus Christ alone can cleanse your conscience. Jesus Christ alone can heal what's happened in the past. Jesus Christ alone can bring healing where others have left pain behind, where others have left stain behind. 
behind, right? It's like the old Tide commercial. It gets the stains out that others leave behind. I've always thought that's the blood of Jesus. He gets the stains out that others have left behind because Jesus cleanses consciences. When I was a kid, I remember singing one of my favorite hymns. It was simple, but it was called He Took My Sins Away. And I know I'm not the guy who usually says this, but I, I, I listen to a lot of worship songs today, but I, 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 it's hard to find one like this. It says, I came to Jesus weary, worn, and sad, and he took my sins away. He took my sins away. And now his love has made my heart so glad. He took my sins away. And then one of the final verses, and if you'll come to Jesus Christ today, he'll take your sins away. I even know the tune. I could sing it for you, but I'll spare you right now. But I love that song. What a simple message. Jesus Christ will take your sins away. People act shocked that we've got problems and issues in the world. Can I just tell you the source? It's sin. It's sin. It's sin. Yeah, well, what about this? What about that? It's sin. It's sin. Yeah, we live in a broken, ungodly, hell-bent world. It needs Jesus. The good news is, this is why this is good. why the gospel is called the good news. Jesus takes sin away. That's why I love Pentecost, because Pentecost comes in. Pentecost is like the great equalizer, right? It's a great equalizer. Not only with people, you encounter God at that level, you, like Azusa Street. I, I, I just, I've got to say this. In 1906, how racist do you think America was then? How many integrated congregations do you think there were? None. But not at Azusa Street. You had black, white, Hispanic, Asian coming together. Pentecost. That's why I'm not even preaching Pentecost, Brother Dylan, but I got to preach Pentecost because it's the most important message we have. Jesus came to give us Pentecost. Because Jesus cleanses sin. Jesus cleanses consciences. Jesus can fix things. I know we try to fix things, and we are miserable at it. Jesus fixes things. See, what's the message for our country? Give me the topic. Give me the topic, and I'll tell you the answer. Jesus can fix that. Jesus can fix that. That's why we can't, we, 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 we can't dumb down the message. We can't water it down. We, 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 we got to serve it up just as it is. Got to let the lion out of the cage. Right? Here's the truth. Here's what, G, here's what we're all guilty of, and here's what Jesus does. He'll take away your sins. I was thinking yesterday, have we forgotten the function of what Jesus did on the cross? Have we sold cheap the redemption of the cross of Calvary? So we have the writer of Hebrews. Now, he, is, he has used up two straight chapters describing why Jesus is better and why Jesus' sacrifice is better and way more powerful because, number one, it was permanent. It doesn't ever have to be done again. 
right? It, 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 he doesn't have to shed his blood monthly w when we take communion. He, he, we, we don't, he doesn't have to shed his blood. It was once, the Bible says, and for all, the perfect sacrifice. And as a result, Jesus takes away our sin when we put our trust and our lives in his hands and he cleanses our conscience. The second thing I want you to see here real quick this morning is a clean conscience is performed and maintained by a work of Holy Spirit. A clean conscience is performed and maintained by a work of the Holy Spirit. We see this if you're looking in your Bible right now at Hebrews chapter 10, verses 14 through 16. And I love what the writer of I keep saying, somebody said, why are you saying the writer of Hebrews? Because we don't know who the writer of Hebrews was. It most certainly was not Paul, all right? But that's okay. I, I said this at the beginning of the series. I realize we have people here today that weren't here back at the beginning of the series, but it's okay. There was a lot of tremendous uh, men and women of God in those times, right? It, it, was, it was amazing. So the writer of Hebrews starts off verse 14. It says the Holy Spirit even reminds us, and this is cool. I love that because if you want explicit fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy in New Testament writings, one of the most clear and stark is the fulfilled prophecies about God putting his Holy Spirit inside of us. And here's a direct quote from Jeremiah 31. And notice he gives credit to the Holy Spirit again for reminding him in verse 16. I think we have this here. Let me, let me throw it on the screen so you can just read it from the screen maybe. There we go. This is the covenant that I will establish with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws on their heart and I will inscribe them on their minds. And in verse 17, a continuation of Jeremiah then he says, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no longer. And then if you look at Ezekiel, here, here's some more goes with this. This is, this is Ezekiel's prophecy, right? I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your body and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. I will take the initiative and you will obey my statutes and carefully observe my regulations. You see, this is why we must value, cherish, and seek out encounters with Holy Spirit. He does a work in us whereby we are purified. And please note, uh, you, you got to know this today, the Holy Spirit is very active in your salvation. We would not be saved without the Holy Spirit. Do we understand this? He's very active in your salvation. He's very active in your sanctification. Right? We understand that he instantly cleans us, but we also understand there's an ongoing sanctification or cleaning up process that we go through. The Holy Spirit. This is why we must never stop being seekers. We must, we must go for the more of the Lord. As we surrender more to him, more of him becomes manifest in our lives. He's very active in our empowerment. Just as Jesus said, he will lead you. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. He will direct you, and he will be alongside of you. This is why Jesus said, it is better that he leaves so the Holy Spirit can come. Do you realize that? Jesus said it's better if he's not here on earth so he can send the Holy Spirit instead. The Holy Spirit ensures that everything, everything, everyone say everything. I love that. Everyone say everything. <laughs> Everything, the Holy Spirit ensures that everything that Jesus has ever offered us is still in effect today. All gifts, all encounters, all Holy Spirit activity, my friends, it is still all on the table today. I could go on a big sidebar right here and spend another two hours on that, but I won't. 
But I want you to see and understand how important this is. The role that the Holy Spirit plays in, in, in initiating a clean conscience and helping us maintain a clean conscience. So the writer of Hebrews says, and the Holy Spirit reminds us, the Holy Spirit tells us, the Holy Spirit is, is speaking this, that, that, that he, is, he has come to clean us up and, and, and that he is going to help us maintain this clean conscience, this relationship with him is going to help us walk this thing out. We went, what's it mean to walk in the spirit? I don't know, Joe. What's it mean? We sit around our Bible studies. What's it mean to walk? In? It means to be so full of the Holy Ghost that he directs everything that we do. <laughs> it's a relationship because everything Jesus said, the Holy Spirit enforces and makes sure it's still in effect. Like this doctrine that says all of the supernatural gifts, signs, and wonders ended with the apostles is, is extremely ignorant. Extremely ignorant. J just, just, think of, just think logically, let's think this out. Let's say John probably was the last apostle, right? He lived, some believe, to be in his 90s. Could you imagine John on his deathbed? He's given the last word to his friends, and they've gathered around the bed, and John, oh, and one more thing. Yes, get a pen. One more thing. Uh, and he dies. <gasps> Could you imagine that? John, and then John dies. And they look, oh, tell everyone outside that was waiting for a healing. I'm sorry, you got to go. The last apostle died. All, all the gifts of God are over with. We're sorry. Uh, everyone that needed a healing, God, uh, we'll see you. Sorry about that. That's not, you know, and that's the mentality. But I want to tell you that theology is nowhere in the Bible. The fact is the Holy Spirit wants you to know today from Scripture and plain truth and plain fact that He is active today and everything that Jesus promised that you will be able to do, you will be able to do. Everyone, Jesus said greater works that you'll do. I know people have done all kinds of gerrymandering and all kinds of spiritual theological limbo we're going to try to explain that away well what jesus really meant no what jesus really meant is that we would be able to raise a dead cleanse a leopard cast out demons just like jesus did that's what jesus meant my goodness what do you think him jesus meant when he said let your light so shine before men that you'd see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven you know jesus called us the light of the world right he called himself the light of the world then he called us the light of the world well, let me tell you, let your light so shine. That, this is Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that may see your good works and glorify your father. What good works do you imagine that we might do to cause people to glorify God in heaven? See, I'd submit to you, you can be friendly, you can be kind, you can be hospitable, you can be nice, you can buy the person's Starbucks behind you in line, you can buy the person's McDonald's behind you in line, and you don't have to have Jesus to do those things. Do you? Those are good works, though, aren't they? Yeah, and I appreciate them. If I'm behind you in line, feel free. Go ahead. <laughs> Just let me know so I can up it to a venti instead of a tall, right? <laughs> I was in line at McDonald's, and I had one of those moments. I was like, I'm going to buy for those people behind me. Well, they were in a van. Well, I couldn't see in the van. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> eh, pretty much worst case scenario. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, are you sure you want to do that, sir?" At the at, usually at the at the at the window, like, "Oh, okay." I, but this, are you sure? Because they have like a large order. I was like, "Yes, I'll do it." 
I forget what it was. After I got back from the blood bank to sell some blood, I had enough to cover the... Not really. (laughs) But when Jesus said, let them see your good works, what's he talking about? Holy Spirit-empowered things that the world can't do, that they can't duplicate. This is why we understand. And I'm I'm, I'm touching around the whole topic here because we need to understand the activity of the Holy Spirit. And our relationship with the Holy Spirit is important because the Holy Spirit, my friends, is, is maintained and it's applied and it's worked by the working of the Holy Spirit. This is what the prophecy in Ezekiel and Jeremiah said. I'm going to put my spirit inside of you so you'll be able to obey my laws. Isn't that what it says in the New Testament? Yeah. Different wording. Walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Can I say it this way? Uh, be full of the Holy Spirit and you won't, you, you'll be able to obey God's laws. Right? If Jesus offered it then, he offers it today. He's still in the encountering business today. If you want to go to the book of Revelation, the seven spirits of God in Revelation represents the fullness of the spirit of God. There's a fullness that God longs for us to walk in. The end times church will be a church that's full of the seven spirits. In other words, we have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. He is still in the conscience cleaning business today. We surrender our lives to Jesus. His Holy Spirit causes us to be born afresh or born again, a new birth. And we stay in that posture of surrender. So then the Holy Spirit goes to work as only he can. And he sanctifies us. He polishes us. He's smoothing out the rough places in our life. When we were down on the Yucatan Peninsula, Julie and I and Maggie, in, uh, a couple weeks ago, we, we visited this local artisan. And he had this guy had this black volcanic glass. And uh, it, it, looked, it looked pretty rough and dusty, right? But when he applied the tools to it and he polished that thing, the finished work was like, wow. It was this like glossy, shiny black. It was gorgeous. Just made me think of the work the Holy Spirit does. He digs down in the dirt, right? Because the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's not put off by your sin. Some of you think, well, if I do that, well, understand part of the Holy Spirit's function is to perfect us. And he's not put off by our, our wrongdoing because he wants to come in. That's why he convicts of sin. Jesus said in John 16, he would convict us of our sin. Why? Because he's in the polishing business. Come on. Last, and I'm closing. A purified conscience A clean conscience enables us to honor God. It enables us to honor God. Verse 18 alludes to this. Because of of what God has done in us, because of a clean conscience, then we can come boldly to his throne, right? Then we can live a life honoring and pleasing the Lord. It's not just one verse here. It's, it's, this is threaded throughout. Because Jesus has sprinkled our conscience and he's cleaned us, now we're able to worship him fully. Now we're able to, I believe it says in verse 22, uh, that we can draw near. Now, now, now we can come close to him because our lives will honor him now. Where God has done this work, we are clean before him. Where we haven't been forgiven, we still need to embrace his sanctifying work. The things that we've held back from God, we have to turn them over. We have to reveal them to the Lord. Why? So he could come in and he can, the Holy Spirit can perform that sanctifying work in us. 
because a purified conscience enables us to honor God. Enables us to live boldly for the Lord. Kind of, kind of is the cure for the who am I? I don't know. I can, you know, we, we, we're, as humans, we're kind of vexed with that anyway. Well, what do I, I can't pray for somebody. Why? why? It's n- not always, but sometimes that's because we just kind of, kind of going around with a raggedy conscience. Who am I? I mean, I, I just, you know, we, that's why we got to have a clean conscience. Then we can honor the Lord. Right? It doesn't mean that every single person we're going to lay hands on suddenly will become healed, although I, I think that ought to be our goal. <laughs> But we ought to at least be people that can walk in such a fashion that we're available to the Lord. We can honor him any moment, any time, any place. So remember, forgiveness doesn't just happen because we say, well, I thought God forgives. That's kind of like the world today. They, they think it's kind of a default mode. Well, God, I can do anything I want because God forgives. Or they say things like, well, only God can judge me. Well, th- that's another sad statement because the truth is God already has judged us and he's found us to be a mess, every one of us. <laughs> uh, so next time you hear someone say that, well, I got bad news for you. And I don't, <laughs> don't worry, I'm with you. He's already judged us all. And that's why Jesus came to the cross. Because he wanted us healed. <laughs> he wanted us forgiven. So Jesus came and he died for the ugliness So if Jesus has purified you and me, then our life will now be characterized by purity. This was the prophecy fulfilled. The Holy Spirit is now inside to help us overcome areas of weakness in order that we have literally onboard power. I love that word. We have onboard power to live righteously. Right? I I think of some, you know, hot muscle car that, you know, not not some of the gas saver garbage today where you push the accelerator and nothing happens and finally you're scooting. Oh, we're moving. Okay. That's how I feel like sometimes stuff I drive. But I'm talking about the cars where you push the accelerator down and there's a black patch behind you. You know, and the engine is. When I pull up, <laughs> when I pull up to a red light and I hear that sound, I got to see what the, I got to see. I got to see that car. You know what I'm saying? That low. That's power. That's power. The power of the Holy Spirit wants you and I to live in and walk in and function in, and it happens through a clean conscience. Is this making sense to anyone today? That's why verse 19 that we read starts out with, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary or the presence of God through the blood of Jesus, through the fresh and living way he opened for us, now with a clean heart and a pure conscience, our lives are in a position to please and honor God. What was the song that came out a few years ago? Let my life song sing for you. Let the words I say and let the things that I do be a life song that sings to you. You see, that's what the Lord longs for us. He wants us to walk in that freedom. He wants us to walk in that liberty. I appreciate the prophetic word that was given this morning. And I agree. I thought, wow, what a powerful. There's nothing worse than knowing or or having the, the availability of freedom and yet not walking in it. 
I, I would call it tragic. There's nothing more tragic than have the ability to go for have more in God. But somehow we thought we had it all or we stopped short. We, we stopped at the cross when we should have gone on to Pentecost. We stopped it, 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 when there was more and, and there was more of an encounter and God wanted us to go deeper. But for others, it's just a matter. There's some things that you've struggled with and there's some conscious issues that you, you can't get you can't get free of and, and, and you can pretend they don't exist. You can try to cover them up. You can mask them. You can hide them. But the reality is they're always going to be there until Jesus comes in and takes all that away from you. Jesus, by cleansing us, he tunes us up. Being a guitar player, I understand that. If you have a guitar that hasn't been played in a while and the strings and you strum it, it's like, ooh, it's off. But when you get that baby and even put new strings and tune it, it just sounds so much better. And that's what the Lord is wanting to do in our hearts. He's wanting to tune. And to tune, you've got to tighten the strings, right? There's tension there. So you've got to tighten those strings. That's what the Lord wants to do, that when you are struck, there's a beautiful sound that comes out of you because it, it flows from a clean conscience. It, it flows from somebody who's fully surrendered to the master's hand. Would you bow your heads? In fact, go ahead and stand with me this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Go ahead, just begin to worship the Lord right now. Lift your hands to Him. Don't want to be in a rut. Let's take a moment here. Don't want to embarrass anybody, call anyone out today. But if you're here and you say you're struggling with some things in your conscience that you need to let Jesus come in, you, you just need to let Jesus, you just give them to Jesus, just surrender fully to him, let him come in and let him take things away. Let him heal hurts of the past. Just let him cleanse your conscience. Maybe you're, there's things that you're struggling coping with. There's things you're struggling, and and it's it's all it, it really all comes down to you know how much of Jesus are we going to let have control of our life? How much of His Spirit? If that's you, and you say, Pastor Eric, I, I need Jesus to come in and cleanse my conscience. I need Him to come in and heal some hurts. There's some things that I'm having trouble getting past, and I need I need the Lord to. Do a healing in me by his blood today. He will sprinkle his blood and his spirit. Look at the imagery of the being cleansed by waters is, is imagery of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit is going to cleanse you today. If that's you, I want you just to just, you can either just raise your head and look at me or you can just wave a hand at me, however you want to do that. Just, just make eye contact, yeah. I see several of you. Yeah. 
I just respond to the Lord's call right now because he is the one who put his finger on your heart this morning. He is the one that initiated this response that you've had just had where you either looked at me or you raised a hand. The Holy Spirit has initiated that. So just say, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. Wash me, Lord Jesus. Cleanse me of every sin, every stain. God, take away every hurt from my past, even things that were things that I had no, no control of, things that other people did to me, things that other people that, that I was somehow a part of that, that, that left a mark on my heart. I, I, want, I want to give that to you, God, to, to be healed. And what that means is I'm not going to keep litigating it in my brain. I'm not going to keep remind, remembering it, reminding myself about it, or, or affect how I act and live. Today. No, I, I'm, I'm going to stop the mental energy of, of litigating it, and I'm giving it to the Lord today. Cast all my cares on Him, for He cares for us. Come on, we're going to do that right now and let Jesus heal even those things. Yeah, the sin, yeah, the things that I've done, obviously, yeah, but here, the, the things that other people have done, we're, we're going to cast them on the Lord today. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. This message and other resources are available at DestinyDayton.com.